Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Denver muralist Gary Gomez. So Gary has been in the decorative painting business for 20 years, and his number one tip for attracting new customers is to focus on your Google Maps page. And if you think about it, when we're looking for something new in our area and we don't know where to find it, where do we go? We ask Jeeves. No, just kidding. (laughs) Only the early internet adopters will remember ask Jeeves. (laughs) Somebody made that joke to me not long ago and I just cracked up. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a forgotten memory. (laughs) Because no, we ask Google. We use Google for everything. (laughs) And so it would make sense for us to position ourselves as a go-to artist in our location on Google. Being on the first page of Google when somebody searches for a mural artist, Missouri, that's huge. Which, by the way, I put that on my Instagram bio. It says Andrea Earhart, Missouri muralist. And that does come up on the first page of Google. So listen to today's episode to hear all about Gary's backstory, about how he got to where he is, which is he's a booked out muralist doing all kinds of different decorative painting things. And also listen to how he lands himself on the front page of Google and how you can too. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Gary Gomez. Hey guys, I'm here with Gary. You've seen him in the Arts Academy Advanced Facebook group, popping in answering questions for you guys. And so if you have any questions for him as we're going along, let me know. But Gary, thank you so much for making time out of your evening to interview. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how you got to be such an amazing muralist? Oh, thank you. I try. <laughs> how did I get to be an amazing muralist? <laughs> I don't think I'm there yet. I I never think I'm where I want to be. Obviously, I think we all feel that way. I think that where I am is a lot of a matter of being good enough, good enough for having a career in doing this. So I think that we all strive to be, have an ideal of how good we want to be. But when you're in a career, um, you have to be able to deliver and not be not okay with it. (laughs) So I I really feel like everything that I deliver is above and beyond. It's always the best of my ability. And I felt like it's above average. I know there's just a lot of different types of artists out there. I have my own style. So we're talking about murals in particular. I have mural artists that I look up to, I think, because they're fast and they have a really streamlined process that I strive for. Coming from, I wouldn't really say even a fine artist background, I'd say a creative background. I've been an artist all my life, drawing and painting and things like that. But I haven't really done like full on former training. I've done some schooling. I've done taken some courses and things like that. But a lot of it's self-taught. So when I look at artists that I admire for what they're producing and how they're producing it, and I look at how I'm doing my work. I strive to be faster, more efficient, deliver a look that is more finished and less overworked. That's what I strive for all the time, to to be faster, more efficient, and, and appear less overworked in my finished product. Where I am right now, I feel like I've got to the point where I can work 
on the art less to get it to a finished point. And that means that I have become more efficient. So this is all just because of getting out there and doing it. I used to play hockey. I used to play rec league ice hockey. And it's like you just go and you play. So if you want to get better, you have to practice on your own. You have to make time on your own to work with the puck and the stick in your garage, or you have to go have ice time, which is usually at six in the morning. You have to set up and arrange practice with people that you're playing with. And that's how you get better is practice with anything. We never did practice like you have to to get better. So my only practice was getting on the ice and playing and, and playing in games and playing in scrimmages. And during that time, you don't really get the puck past you the whole time. So the time that you do have the puck is when you're practicing. So I did that a lot with my mural art where I would get projects and I, I got busy right off the bat. I'll get to that. But I would just go out and do it with my God-given talent and learn then and there. And so there's luckily I was very busy and I, I was having project after project, but practicing was just done on the job, which is really not how you're going to get better, but this is how I got better. <laughs> just having a lot of work and, and, and practicing on the job because the work that I do at home is business stuff. So I run the business and I do all the samples and I do all the bids and I also have a home life. And so I'm doing all that stuff. So practicing brushstrokes and technique and efficiency is the last thing that I do. I usually study what I'm going to do right before the project or leading up to the project, get it in my head and, and kind of have a plan. And then I, I work that plan of, of execution on, on the job site. I'm not advocating this is the way to do it to get better, but I'm just saying this is how I got to where I am. And I could be a lot farther along and a lot closer to those other artists that I admire if I did have the time, but um, really, really busy right now with my work. So that's a good thing. And getting into this started as I was an artist on my life. I went to or through all the school from grade school to junior high to high school. I was, I was earning all the awards from art. So when it came time to go to college, that's when it kind of made sense to go into art. And my dad wasn't really thrilled about that because he pictured in his head starving artists. And so he had a we had a kind of a negotiation that I would get into something more mainstream. And it was graphic design. So that was super helpful. I had a 14 year career in graphic design and very productive. I worked at a company for about seven years. And then my supervisor and I started our own company. And then we had that for seven years. But towards the end of that, I was feeling like my actual art working with my hands was just rotting away. I wasn't doing it. I was just pushing pixels around and getting a little bit of cabin fever behind the computer. So I was kind of yearning to be an artist again as a career. But this was now 2004, and I'd been a graphic designer since 1992. And now it's so the seven year itch time to start a new career. And as I'm not going to say luck, but as it worked out, 9-11 happened and my business had to dissolve. People stopped advertising. So we kind of fell behind and just had to dissolve our graphic design business. And that was my crossroads. 
at the time, there was a, and there were several schools, trade schools for decorative painting. And I hadn't ever even seen that on the wall. So this was my wife's clinic and I did all the walls in here. And this is plaster and paints and glazes. And every room in this office is decorative painting and murals. There's gold leaf and textures, plasters, layers of, and just it's all to form a theme of ancient Chinese temples. 2007, I went to Asia and got all this inspiration to do all the walls in here. And Gina, my wife, is a doctor of oriental medicine and functional medicine. And she went to China for extended studies and I went out there with her. So 2007 was shortly after I started this decorative painting career, which included murals, by the way. But I was just way into it. And at that time, everything was like old world Tuscan, distressed, broken brick appearing, just the worn worn look, which I loved to create, to recreate murals all along. And I've been doing murals on the side, too. So it just all came together after I had to dissolve my graphic design company that this decorative painting career included everything that I love and I wasn't stuck behind a computer. But now I still use a computer, obviously, for all that. So it was a really good career to start with in what I'm doing now. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I only do murals and that I only want to do murals because I have this passion for everything decorative. That's another reason why I think that my slow progression and my skill as a mural artist has not got me to where I really would love to be with that. However, I've progressed with all the things that I do. So that's why I'm really busy with my work because I offer everything decorative and murals, business, corporate signs, hand-painted signs, and then anything on the walls. So, and then there's also touch-up, touch-up to other people's work, which is a, a skill in itself to match and blend a spot on the wall that's been done and was patched by a drywall guy and blended in. So it looks like it was never there. I love that. And even floor touch-ups, hardwood floor to touch up scratches and holes, matching the wood grain. All this stuff keeps me very busy. And so also the business side of things. I really think there's just hustling and pushing hard that, that got me to where I'm at now. I don't really have the luxury of organizing time, I guess, in my studio to just play around. But it's kind of as times change, you just have to make time, have to find time for what's really important. So now I'm I'm kind of not at a crossroads, but I'm at a point now where I'm thinking about how long, much longer do I want to be climbing ladders and scaffolding? Yeah. And so what's the exit strategy? What's my next phase? So I've gone through some phases in my career, graphic design and this whole decorative painting career, which is now 20 years next year. It's going to be since I launched this company. I've been doing murals for over 20 years. And now I'm thinking about, you know, what to do that's not on scaffolding. So I've been into digital art for a while because of my graphic design using Photoshop. And since Procreate came out, I really got into that. And now I'm making digital art and Procreate and using AI for references. So that's now what I'm into. I'm diving into that. So now I'll make reference images in AI and then 
instead of thinking, now I'm going to paint that on canvas, I think I'm, now I'm going to paint that on my iPad. That's where I am now in my head because it's just, it's one day I'm going to be in my studio painting on canvas. But right now, this is kind of like the fastest, most immediate means to get the next place that I want. Yeah. What are your customers asking for when you're doing something in Procreate? So what's like a standard job that you're completing? I'm only doing Procreate for myself or reference images or renderings for the customer. So Photoshop was what I was doing renderings in primarily. And I'm doing a combination of Photoshop and Procreate to do renderings just to present the idea to the customer. And, and now AI to put together the arrangement or the original idea and, and then use Procreate or in Photoshop to present it, to get it to a presentable place for the customer. So, however, I did have one customer request a replica of a mural I did on their wall and they moved. So they didn't have that mural on their wall anymore. So the first thing I, that they asked me for was a painted canvas mural of that mural. And the first thing that came to my mind was, I'm going to do it in Procreate. And I did it. And it was so fun. It was a blast. I think I could, that could be, or it's going to be one of the offerings that I put out there. So all these categories of types of murals, like children's murals, landscape murals. I don't think I would do mandala murals, but there's that whole, you know, decorated just design type of artwork on canvas. That's what I'm thinking in my head, but I don't necessarily have clients coming to me and asking for something done in Procreate. I'm just using it as a right. tool. And I'll probably use it more as a tool when I see the opportunity to give them something on canvas rather than paint it off their wall. I don't work an app more than an hour away. And if I get a request for someone wanting a mural for their kid's room, it's more than an hour away, then that's going to be my offer to them. Okay, so it'll be on Canvas. So you'll paint it or you'll paint it in Procreate and have it printed. I'm probably going to suggest that we do it in digital art. Uh, we can present renderings. There's pluses to that. I think that proof can be adjusted easier yeah. than if I'm do a, a rendering to begin with and say, I'm going to paint this on Canvas like this, but it's going to be better because then I'm going to paint it. And then I'll be painting it. And I might have some ideas and I might want to move some things around. That process is a little trickier when you're painting it than if I'm painting it on the iPad. Because that's, what, that's the thing that I did with my client that wanted the artwork, um, the replica artwork. She had an idea halfway through that she wanted some dragons flying in the air. So I was able to arrange that to a, a sketch in the actual artwork that I was creating and saying, this isn't all the way done, but here's where I'm taking a placing that. And we kind of had a discussion about that. And then I started sketching it and got to a place where it worked out to, to add it to the scene. And that was super easy. All of it was super easy. And then it was already, because I started in really high res for printing. It was already high res. I didn't have to take a photo of it. It was just, it was just done. Yeah, that sounds so much, so it's just so, so much easier to do edits because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Um, it makes sense though, that you have that illustration background to where you were, you were telling me this and I'm like, of course he's was first into the AI thing because you're used to dealing with the 
digital art and whatnot. And so if anybody doesn't know, if you're watching this, Gary, we did a live on how you use Photo Leap, which is a version of AI to help with reference photos. So if you guys want to check out that interview, but yeah. And so with that tool, I like how you're looking to the future. I feel like my mind is always looking to the future of what's the next best fun thing I can do. So I love this topic yeah. because murals are backbreaking. They, I mean, they're good money, yeah. they're fun and everything, but it, it's very physical. It is very physical. I mean, everything that I do is very physical. Sometimes when I'm doing floor touch-ups and today when I was doing, there's this trim along the baseboard all throughout this house that's painted gold. And this house is very ornate, so there's gold embellishments everywhere. But the top of this baseboard, which is a marble baseboard, has a gold trim piece on the top of it. And they wanted it to be marble. So I'm painting all this baseboard marble just to match what's already there. And so I'm on my knees a lot. So the opposite of climbing scaffolding and carrying stuff and going up and down ladders is being scrunched down on the floor on your knees all day long for several days, which is a lot of the stuff that I do. So that's another reason. Yeah. Just um, making things easier as we kind of move into the later part of our careers. Yes, exactly. I'm interested. How did you get customers back then when you did the graphic design stuff versus now? And how, how has that changed? Like how, how are you getting customers now versus back then? Same. So what was great about back then when I was, in graphic design and just doing graphic design. When I had a business partner, she was the business side of things. I was the artist. She went out, she did all the networking. She did all the books. She had, she set up the meetings and then I'd come in and I'd do the brainstorming meeting and, you know, talk about their vision and where we want to go with their logo and their brochure and their identity and all that. But that was really nice to have her doing all that back end stuff. So we were doing some websites at the time. This was like 92. There was internet, 92. Let's see, all the way to 2004. So yeah, we were the, we had internet and we had website. We had our own website. And I, I was using, I can't remember the funky Go Live, I think, was like the first, your blank face back before your time. <laughs> Go Live was the software for designing websites early on. And... During the early parts of the internet, when you're really pumping up your website with keywords, that's how you got found. That's how you got high ranking in Google. And you would create pages and just dump all the keywords in there and dump all the zip codes and you would just do that. Then Google started penalizing you for that. But from that, that was pretty much where I broke off and started my own thing and, and, and built my own website. And it was, we were still able to do that. What, what do you call it when you're loading your website with this keyword dumping or something? SEO. Yeah, no, SEO is part of it, but keyword dumping is like the cheating part of it. Cool. I like it. SEO really gets more technical into like tagging and tagging your photos and, and then always continually putting out content into the internet that links back to your website. So that contributes to SEO. But when you're pumping your website with just keywords, like I did from the beginning, you rank high. And so from the beginning, 2004 or so, when I started my first decorative painting website, I was ranking high and it stuck. So I started right off the bat, pretty much. I had some graphic design clients that I, I brought over and introduced them to what I was doing. And then word of mouth, 
family and friends. I got some basic faux finishing jobs, some mural jobs to start with. But then my website is really where most of it came from and continues to come from. Cool. Now I do a little bit better a job, a little more refined job of keeping my website updated and SEO friendly now. But I'm pretty lucky that it was well established back then and still getting found from the internet now. When I get a call from SEO companies or website building companies or even Google, and they're like, did you know you could get more business and you could rank higher? And I was like, I think I'm good. They're like, well, what's your business? And what can I look you up with? I was like, faux finishing, decorative painting, mural artist, Denver. And then they do that and like, oh, you're on the first page. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. So knock on wood, that's lucky. That's I've been like that for a while. I don't know when it's going to change again, but I need to, I need to be more on top of it. So there's another business thing to tend to. That's so great. I love that because I hadn't, I haven't heard that answer in a while. Most people say Instagram or Facebook or something, but just word dumping. Okay. I got, and SEO. Well, that was back in the day. Yeah. So now I would recommend you don't even need a website really. If you have a Google page, it's a Google Maps page that used to be Google Places. And then it used to be Google My Business before that. I think it's Google My Business and Google Places. Now it's just Google Maps and you open your own business page. But that is what really gets found. So if you can open one of those and just dump all your photos on there, dump all your updates on there and really keep that updated, you're going to rank high in Google. How do I go to do that? I So I have a Google page listing that I don't pay any attention yeah. to, but it, I know I, yeah. I set it up a long time ago, but is that is that what that is? Or how do people set that up? Google Maps. So if you go to Google Maps and there's options there, you could do it on your phone or on, on your computer. Okay. But I'm actually on it right when now. When you do it on your computer. Sure. Okay. So on your phone, it's easier because Google Maps, you click on the app and then there's options and you scroll down to my business listing, I think. And so businesses, my businesses or my business list. There it is. Okay. Yep. (laughs) And if you don't show up there, then I think you can create one from there. Okay. Perfect. That's super easy. You can give it a web page look even, I think. I think you can give it like a homepage photo and give it a title. But it's what's going to show up when somebody does a search in Google for mural painters in your area. And your page is going to show up with a maps listing. And that's the first thing that shows up, even right up there with the sponsored ads. You don't pay for that. You don't pay for your Google Map business listing to show up. It just does because you have an account. And if you're feeding content to it, then it's going to show up right up there at the top with all the sponsors. Even if you don't have a web page, that's really good enough. Okay, perfect. So there's, I'm looking on here. So I have one. I don't have anybody that's reviewed it. Do you have reviews? And is that important? I think reviews are important because you're going to show up next to somebody in your local area that has their own Google Maps listing too. And I think as a customer, you're going to see the one that has more reviews, more five-star reviews. I think I have five. That's really low. Some people are constantly sending out requests to have their customers review them on their Google Maps page. So that's another part of it. And then that just shows up when you show up in your in the search results under Google Maps. They'll have the stars that you have and the number of reviews. Okay. So five's low, but it's better than none. 
Okay. <laughs> and, and, do that. and getting a customer to go there is a little bit tricky because I think it's different from laptop to mobile phone and you have to have the right link or they have to have the right link. So if you give them a mobile phone link to review you on your Google Maps page and they do it on a laptop, I don't think it goes to the same place mm-hmm. and it gets confusing and then people don't do it. So okay. I usually say I do have an email list and that's through my website. That's a good thing about a website because you can have a form that people fill out to request a service from you and then you capture their email. So occasionally I'll send out a, an email to ask for reviews and that's usually when I get two or three. Okay. Again, that's really low. I know, I know painting companies that have hundreds. And if they have a five star or 4.5 star plus, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. If you're the only one that's showing up with a Google Maps listing and you don't have any reviews, you're still doing better than anybody else that doesn't have that. Yeah. But I think everybody should have that. Everybody, at least in our end. That is a great Especially tip. if you don't have a web page. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I think this yeah. is a good tip for all the artists out there who really don't want to do social media, who despise social media. It's like, okay, well then just put some work into yeah. your website and, and Google page. And I think also yeah. longevity is in your favor with this. I think this is one that, yes. right? This is one you can't just put up and get one tomorrow. It's the longer it's up, the better, the more reviews you get, the better. That's true. Yeah. And you'll get more traction the longer it's up. You'll get ranked by Google, the longer it's up. And then, but also the more you put up on, in there. Another little trick, if you have a web page that I learned through all my years of SEO and back and stuff is before you upload a photo, name it what somebody would look for in that photo. So if it's an underwater children's mural, name the photo that, then upload it. Some online services, I think, change the name to like a long string of numbers. But for your web page, it utilizes that name. And so that's indexed and, and searched, crawled by Google. So that's another little tip. So if you're doing that to your Google listing, it doesn't hurt to do that. You have to do it from your laptop, though. Okay. I don't okay. know how to name a photo on your phone Me and then upload it. Just stay that really weird name. Okay, good. Because I was looking on mine right now and I was like, oh, wait, I need to add more photos. And I was about to do it on my mobile, but I need to do it on my desktop. So that way I can... Well, that's better than not because yeah. I do everything mobile if I can. And getting it up there is, is better than not doing it. And I always think about my Sundays. I'm like, I should dedicate Sunday to social media and posting and and changing the, the names of my photos before I upload them. <laughs> So that I can just batch upload them and they're all ready. This is going to be awesome. And then Sunday comes, I don't do any of that. Yeah, I know. Sundays are for <laughs> not working. <laughs> I know. So it's, it's a balance. Yeah. But I feel like I am kind of balanced. I feel like Good. with all the chaos that I have going on, as busy as I am, yeah, you do have a lot of different things. So it's good that you feel... Because yeah. so many artists that I meet, they're like, I think I need to niche down. And I'm like, girl, I'm doing all the weird different things, like lettering and all things. So it's cool. It's nice yeah. to hear that you are also doing all the different things and making it work and trying something yeah. new. And it feels balanced. Yeah, I think niching down is a good thing. And I feel like I have, even though I offer a lot, it's all the stuff that I want to do. So I'm not going to go and paint a front door. Yeah. I just don't want to paint a front, just basic painting. I'm not going to go and, and paint a whole house either. So I'll say, 
I'll paint the wall if we're going to do something decorative over it. Otherwise, I've got some referrals for you. Yeah. And I always give referrals. I think we should always give referrals out if we can't accommodate somebody. Don't just say no. I agree. I was looking at something on LinkedIn or something today too that also said that it's like you're gonna you're gonna earn so many more points with who you're referring to and with the customer as well if you're just good because yeah, so many artists I'm like they'll they just say no, I don't do that instead of taking just yeah. a little bit of time because it does take time to refer yeah. or try to find someone or whatnot. So yeah, I like that you mentioned that referring. Yeah, I mean I think it's also karmic energy too. Like somebody's going to refer to me, you know, in return. And I'll take time even if, like, I got a request for Tadalac. I don't even know how to say it. Tadalac plaster is. No. <laughs> so, you know, what Venetian plaster is? Yes. <laughs> Tadalac is like a waterproof plaster. It's not waterproof. It's just water specific for showers. And so it's decorative plaster. You burnish and polish it. It looks like marble. It's really shiny, but it breathes and it can get wet and then it dries. And that if the plaster goes in a shower, well, I don't do that. There's too much liability and, and I don't want to. But the first time I got a request for that, I didn't know anybody who did it. And I said, well, let me see if I can find someone who does that for you. And I looked, I looked online, it didn't take too much time, but I found somebody and I sent that to them and they were really appreciative. And I mean, I'm not too busy for that. That's a in-between things thing that I can do. And I just think it's, it's karmically right to do support other trades, other, other contractors and yeah. And in a way it's a, providers. it's a form of networking without having to go to these network meetings. It totally is. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. So I do that with everything I don't want to do. And then you get on the painter's good list and they don't do the decorative stuff. They don't do murals. So you send them a, a lead and they're going to have you in mind for when their next customer says, you guys do murals. And you're like, no, but matter of fact, someone just contacted me the other day. It's just smart. Yeah. I mean, you're in business and it's just part of being in business to do at least that minimum amount of network. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you giving insight in our Academy Advanced Facebook group quite a bit. You'll chime in and just say, you know, pricing things and questions just from, it's nice to have it from a seasoned muralist, especially with the beginners that we have that are, because I know how confusing it can be. So to wrap this up, what is your biggest piece of advice for those beginners that are just starting out, they're like, I want to do what Gary's doing. I want to do a little bit of everything or I want to do murals or what's your best piece of advice aside from getting a Google page, which I love that we talked about this, but what is it? Probably, I mean, it's so, it's so specific to each person, but I think what's really important is to be able to show something to people. So to have something on your website or your Google Maps page I mean, if, if you don't have any body of work because you haven't done any projects, it's going to be really hard to sell what you do. So at the very least, you can do some artwork on canvases. And there's apps that you can put a photo of your artwork in a frame, put it on a wall in a room that's a really pretty decorated room. So it looks like it's, it's your artwork framed and hung on a wall. Didn't you give me the name of a app to do that? I think I got that a name of an app to do that from somebody. Probably, yeah. I Maybe it was wall picture. But you app. do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. So start making a body of work, even if it's on just small canvases. 
and then present it in that way. Make it look like you have a lot of experience. And, and really, it's going to be your artwork. And you can make that that wall art in the app pretty big. So maybe you can't put it on the wall like it was painted on the wall. But you might be able to. There might be some apps that, can, that you can do that. Okay. What's your stance? Because we just talked about this on an Arts Academy call the other, like two weeks ago. And somebody asked, like, what's your stance on doing discounted or free work to get those? So like, say you, you live in an apartment and you can't do your own walls or I mean, you could do Canvas. That's a really good example. But what's your stance on doing free or discounted work to get your portfolio going? For sure. If you're just starting, yeah, sure. Yeah, go do it. Because you're going to not be paid for making your own canvas yeah. art anyway yeah. that you're going to put on your website or your google maps page so yeah ask if you can do your neighbor's staircase or their kids room wall just you don't have to even like go over the top start with something that's oh, here's something okay so here's a for beginners the simplest thing you can learn to do is the layered mountains mural that's always popular oh. that always sells you know, so it's like the sky is a light color and the next row of mountains down is I've a little bit it. darker yep. and then it gets a little darker, a little darker, a little darker. And the front row could have some tree silhouettes or whatever. <laughs> we, I think we can all picture but, it too. Like you're, you're so right. That's so popular right now. Yeah. Yeah. You could have a page just offering that <laughs> and just keep on promoting that state. This is what I do. You want one? Can I do this? Like if you're starting, can I do this on your kid's wall or anywhere. Yes, I've done it on living rooms, a little more sophisticated for when you go out into the main part of the house. But when you go into kids' room, it can be very basic. So you can get those like real work done. Those can be done in a day. Those can be done in a day or two, uh, depending on how big it is. Super easy. I mean, it's just an idea I just came up with, but I think it's a really great product that you can continue to offer only that until you get different requests. So that's a really good starting point, something like that. Then you don't have to like, you don't have to come up with something that's really original because it can be, it's just, I think that's the winner. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that you're giving tangible advice that specific things that people can do because I mean, like inspirational advice is great, but you're like, okay, go to Google maps and create a page, then do this with your, go to the desktop and do the word search and then upload. And then now these go paint this specific mural somewhere. Like I love the specifics of it because it's so (laughs) frustrating in the beginning doing social media and doing all the stuff. And so, yeah, Yeah. I love the tangible advice. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. All the while when you're starting out, I would say also don't kill yourself trying to come up with what you want to identify as. Mm -hmm. Like I'm an artist that does this. There's steps before you get there. I think you have to explore and you have to see what fits, try different things on, see what fits. If you already have that and you're like, I love painting mandalas, like Kristen Grant is in this. I don't know if she's in this. She's in the mural artist group. But if you don't know who she is, look her up. Kristen Grant, she does these mandala murals that are very light, ethereal and fine line work and stenciled airbrush stencils, all layered and interwoven. And she specifically promotes that to yoga studio, the light. Her body of work, like, that's really what she made a name for herself as. So if you have that, then that's great. But if you don't have that, then just keep an open mind about what is it that's going to define that I want to be as 
as an artist. I don't, tr- I don't think you should try to force yourself into a place that's not already naturally happening. Because after all that I've done, I don't paint portraits. I don't want to. I don't put people in my landscapes, but I love painting landscapes. I love painting clouds. And so even in digital art, that's the direction I'm going to continue to go because that's what I've discovered that I love. So I know what I don't love too. So no portraits. I'll pass that on too. Someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why we became internet friends, (laughs) liking clouds and efficiency and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Efficiency, especially when you have a busy life. (laughs) Everything should be efficient. I think about that even when I'm driving. If I miss a turn, I'm so mad (laughs) because I'm like, I could have been there by now. And I have to go all the way down here to the left. But everything, yeah, everything is efficiency that I strive for. And just natural to, to because I, I have a business and have to organize all these things, have limited time. There's no way around it. Got to be efficient. Got to be able to fit everything in a day. And you always hear it. We all have the same hours in a day. You can fit it in. So I think that's a matter of eliminating things that are unnecessary, really focusing hard on what you have to do and get it done. That's one big thing I've learned now that I'm doing is the things that have to get done i need to focus hard on them and do them and not be distracted and not take a break and look at my phone if i'm going to take a break stretch and breathe and make that break worthwhile don't go get on social media and talk to the client about nothing you know if you're on a job or if you're working it from home tons of distractions i need to be very disciplined when i'm working from home because there's all these distractions but now that's first in my mind just Focus, focus right on what you have to do and, and get it done. Don't, don't distract yourself with other things that have to be done. Also, you'll get to them or schedule them. So that's a challenge and I'm working on it, but it's super important if you have a business. Yeah, totally. And I like that you're talking about just having a business with it. This is the, the whole podcast theme, right? It's like we, we're, we're artists oh, and yeah. we love the craft, but there's so much business behind it that works together with skills and and all the things. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all the decorative painters that graduated with me from my trade school in 2004, not all of them, 99.9% of them fell off the map and they're really? either working jobs or they moved or they retired. So I always get people's leftovers, the clients that their ex-decorative painter retired. They aren't doing it anymore. They got a job. And it's just, I think that longevity, part of it comes from loving what you do and not getting burned out. I don't know why I'm still here because it's, it's, there's a lot. It's, it's exhausting and it's tiring. It's overwhelming. You know, that's just the honest truth. But the other people I graduated with, I'm just the only one left, basically, where I, around where I live. And that's another reason why I'm busy, because I'm still here. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> tough. I mean, it's tough doing this job. It's, I mean, there's the barrier to entry is really low. But like doing a service business, there's yeah. not a lot of overhead, but it's just, it's still, it's just hard to have that longevity of it. But yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of overhead in that. It's, I think that you can get very creative with that. Yeah. Well, we're approaching the 45 minute mark and I have to go put a baby to bed. So I get off here and cut us off. We could probably talk 
for a long time. Maybe, maybe we should do another live, like in just inside of the Artist Academy Facebook group about some specific sure. topic. I, I will, I will be brainstorming on that if you're up for that. And yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gary. It's good to get to know you, you a little thank bit you. better too. And you too. Just talk about all of your knowledge. And again, I appreciate you being in the, in the Arts Academy with us. So yeah. my pleasure. I appreciate what you do for us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, have a good night. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. <laughs> it's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. <laughs> the book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.